0: the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Are you happy this evening? Amen. Amen. Let us just go to the reading of our Bible in the book of Psalm 88. Psalm 88 from verse 1. It says, O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee, and line thine ear unto my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, my life draweth near unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength, free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, whom thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thine hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, and in the deeps. Thy wrath lieth hard upon me, and thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves." Thou hast put away mine acquaintancy far away from me. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up and I cannot come forth. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my, my hands unto thee. Will thou show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise thee, seller Shall thy kindness be declared in the grave, or thy faithfulness in destruction? Shall thy wonders be known in the dark, and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why castest thou off my soul? Why hidest thou thy face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer thy terrors, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy terrors, terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They compassed me about together. Lover and friend hath thou put far from me and mine acquaintance into darkness. Amen. That was David. Uh, The title of my message is going to be, Disparation, as we bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful this evening to approach your throne of mercy once more, undeserving people that we were, but this evening by grace we are able to raise our hands and call the name of the Almighty God. The name that we were not worthy to call out, but by the grace of God and by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the power of redemption this evening you have made it possible. We want to thank you, dear God. We commit everybody here to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Richly. I just want to take a couple of minutes, or maybe before I kickstart on Sunday, we've got Pastor Maliko uh, here in Wheatbank, and then we'll have two services: morning service and afternoon service, and communion with him being here. Amen. And then don't forget the meal. We'll be served here at church immediately after the service. We'll just pitch a tent where we can just sit and have a fellowship. Amen. You know, the the food tastes better when you have good conversations. Amen. Amen. Uh, You can have a particular dish and enjoy it with friends or with family. But the day you attempt to have it alone, it may taste very terrible. Amen. Food go together with good conversation. Are we together with good fellowship? Amen. Now, I want to speak on desperation. Disparation. Brother Brenham says this is the most glorious time for a believer but the most terrible time for an unbeliever. I mean, I agree with that. The most terrible time for an unbeliever, but yet the most glorious time for a believer. Amen. Darkness to the unbelievers, but light to the believers. And are we together? But while well caught up in the same place, I like how one man put it when he He wanted to bring a contrast of during his time, and I think it is applicable between the bright and the wealthy people when he said it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Amen. For the bright is the best of times. For the unbelievers is the worst of time. It was the age of wisdom, and it was the age of foolishness. Amen. To the believers, it's an age of wisdom. All the mysteries have been revealed, but to the world is an age of foolishness. Um, and things that are happening among them are shocking. And he says, it was the epoch of belief and it was the epoch of incredul- incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. Amen. Those that are readers, they would know it was Charles Dixon that spoke those words, but uh, I just loved how he brought the contrast. And spiritually speaking, we can bring the same contrast. Amen. Now I'm going to speak on desperation. Uh, disparation is a a state of desperation. Brother Brenham uh, preached this message, disparation in 1963. And it was on the 1st of September. Amen. And he, he, he expanded on this subject. And I want to dwell on this subject this evening. Are we together? Now, he says, Brother Brenham, in the spoken way to disparations, paragraph 45, he says, now we are going to talk on disparations for a few minutes now. Usually... It takes a state of emergency to throw us into a state of desperation. So that means for you to enter into a state of desperation, there's got to be a state of emergency that throws you into desperation. He says, it's too bad. It has to do that. But human beings are so slothful in their mind that it takes an emergency. Something arises, and when they do, it throws them into that desperation. Hallelujah. And really in doing that in desperation, it brings out that real thing that you are. Are we together? Disparation brings out the real you. Are we together? Because the human mind, the human being have got uh, their slothful Naturally, Let me just carry on with it. It shows what you are made out of in the time of desperation. It usually pulls out all the good things that's in you. So that means desperation extracts everything out of you. The good and the bad are extracted during the time of desperation. And it says... In a time of death, I've heard people when they knew they were dying, the things that they kept a secret all their lives, they, in desperation, they were trying to confess it. Hallelujah. That is why we've got so many uh, deathbed confessions. Amen. Brother Brenham goes on. He says, In trying... Take this and make it right. Go, please, go do this and that. See, in desperation, they ought to have done that beforehand. Not wait till the time of emergency. The emergency causes desperation when you ought to do it without the emergency. Are we together? It is in time of desperation... Where people reveal uh, lifelong-held secrets, things that they kept in their hearts, it is right in that state where they begin to say, "Shall I, shall I fix that? Shall I make it right with that person?" But Brother Bram says, we ought to do that before we get to that state. Are we together? Folks, desperation. Uh, there's a difference between a disparate prayer and just a prayer. Uh, there are certain prayers that people pray whether God answers them or not it is not a big deal. They, they can carry on without an answer. But uh, there are certain prayers that when you pray them, especially disparate prayers, they make you to have sleepless night. Are we together? I don't know how many people here have ever had a day where they have had to enter a state of desperation. A, a state of, and Brother Brenham, you will see, he says, there isn't a the church, and I'll read that quotation, I'm just running ahead of myself. He says the reason the church lacks desperation is because the church lacks love. Are we together? Yeah. Let, let me give you an example. If, if I was to come to you and I say to you, Mr. Dixon has been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. He only has a week or two to live doesn't do anything to you. Why? Because you don't know who Mr. Dixon is. You've got no relationship with Mr. Dixon. But if I come and I say, your wife has been diagnosed with stage four cancer. She only has two weeks to leave. Immediately when you receive such news from a doctor, you enter into a disparate state. What makes you that is because you love your wife. You love your son. Then it brings you into a state of desperation. Now, your prayer is no longer just a prayer for the sake of praying. Now, you 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 are going to God, like the way we have read this psalm. You are pleading your case before God and say, God, on this basis, I really need your divine intervention. I'm told that the doctor's The nurses, they're able to attend to a lot of patients, and a lot of patients die, and the doctors, they can move from this patient and move to the next patient. But I'm told that if somebody that is close to them comes and gets admitted, and that such a person passes on, it affects even a doctor. Because why? There is a relationship. Are we together? Now, let me upgrade what I'm talking about to the spiritual realm. Where we are now, at any time, there's going to be a body change. The world, we are living in the end time. Anytime we may be called home through the rapture or by the way of death. Are we together? But, uh, you, you know, if, if we really love God... This is an hour for believers to be disparate. Hallelujah. Yes, this is an hour where believers need to be disparate. Where, where do I stand and how do I measure up to the weight, especially in, this time, in these trying times? How, how, how does my life compare to the weight of God? But you know why, why we are not disparate, even when Brother Brenham told us that Is later than we think. It's because we lack love. Hallelujah. If we really love him, have you ever seen when a young girl is engaged to a young boy and the time of the wedding day approaches? The the excitement of this young girl, she wants to make sure that the wedding garment is ready. She wants to make sure that all that is needed to, to make a big day, everything is sorted out. And she has not. She doesn't sleep. A few nights before the wedding day, she hardly sleeps. She's forever on the phone. Did you get that garment? Is it sorted? Is the decor sorted? Is the catering sorted? Because why? She loves this man. Are we together? And if it happens to a young girl, how much more must it happen to a believer? Because our bridegroom will appear at any time. So this is a time when we should be checking the scripture. This is a time when we should be checking the tape. This is a time when we should be checking the quotation. This is a time when we need to be in church to check how we are measuring up because it is a disparate time. And what makes us to be disparate is because we love the groom. Are we together? This is not a time for rela- relaxation, folks. This is a time where, This is a time of introspection. Where do I stand? And this is a time for an individual affair. You know why I'm saying that is because many people, their love will grow cold. And those people will be close to you. But you've got to be on fire for the Almighty God. Because why? You know where you are going. Are we together? Do you agree that it's an individual affair? Don't compare yourself with the next person. Compare yourself with the word of God. Are we together? Now, Brother Brenham says in the very same message, paragraph 67, he says, I believe that the reason we don't have disparation is because it's a lack of love. God, the love of God. I think that the love of God causes disparation. If God is in you, the token inside of you and you see the conditions of times and people waiting in sin the way they are, it will throw you into desperation. I believe it will. Amen. If you see that the, a, a lunatic in North Korea, North Korea keeping on saying he's testing these measures. And you hear Trump says, "The moment you are ready, we are ready." And the moment you hear Putin says, "We are ready." It tells you that actually something is coming to the climax. Are uh, we together?" Now you 've got the, the, the uh, Iran president as well saying, "Listen, we can, we can, we can, we can drop a bomb on America. It, 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 you get a sense that the world gradually is coming into a climax, it, it looks like there is a war brewing. Are we together? and the believers know and, and you look I, I was watching how the floods were all over uh, Austin in, in America. The floods were all over, and Brother Brenham told us that there 's coming a time where the sharks will be swimming in California. To me, it tells me that folks it 's a home going time. Because what's happening, all the scriptures and everything that we've been reading about, it is now becoming a reality before our eyes. And certain scriptures, we can pick them out of the Bible and say, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. This is not a time to slumber. This is a time where you've got to be on your knees. This is not just a church activity, folks. It is an individual affair during the time of exodus when they moved out of egypt they had no time to meet one another because they were in their families there was no time where they could gather in this fashion and have church so everyone in their household had to apply the token and brother brim says it was a disparate night because a lot was at stake brother Branham, when he dramatizes it he says a young boy who was the last born or the first born in the family, would go to the father and say, listen, Dad, you know that if something has not been done properly, it is my life is at stake. Are you really sure that you have done the way Moses spoke? Are we together? And after a while, the old man will try to assure the son and say, young lady, listen here, I've tried to the best of my ability to do what Moses told me to do. And it says, after an hour, the mother will come and say, Listen, are you sure that you have done what Moses has said we must do? Because that is the life of my son that is a stake. In certain households, the father was the firstborn in the family. And all of a sudden, while they are sitting around the table, they will see a sweat dropping on his brow. What was happening is because it was a time of desperation. And the question, the theme of that night, have you done according to the prophet Moses? And as it was, so it is today. This is a disparate times where the theme is, Have you done the way Brother Brenham said we must do? Are we together? And you, you may not see it because there it was the natural death. But today it is a spiritual death. I hope you are with me. Hallelujah. When God is sought in desperation, he responds. When God is sought in desperation, he responds. And as they say, disparate times call for disparate measures. When you are disparate, disparation will make you do things that are very very odd and I will show you in the scriptures where some of the old things were done because of people were disparate I don't know how many of you have you ever been on the verge where you were really sick and in that moment at some point in time you thought God why, why don't you just take me I'm I'm struggling why don't you take me? It's because at that moment, you're on the edge of desperation. And you, you will never appreciate health unless you were once sick. Those people that were once sick, and they, and they prayed, and they prayed, the day that they are healed, they appreciate healing more than the people that never got sick. Are we together? And God answers disparate prayers. But uh, your prayer life depicts how much you depend on your own ability and how much you really believe in your heart when you say nothing in my hands I bring simply to the cross I cling. The more self-confidence you have the less you pray. The more self-confidence you have, the less you pray. The less confidence you have, the more you pray. Because self-confidence, it means you depend on your ability, not on God's intervention, are we together? Let's just read something here in the book of Luke Five seventeen. Look five uh, seventeen, that is the verse. If you found it, you can say, Amen. It says, and it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that the Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them, and the power of God was present to heal them. <laughs> Hallelujah. But did these Pharisees and doctors of law know? Oh, no. 18. And behold, men, men brought in a bed, in a bed, a man which was taken with a, with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in, to lay him before him. Did you hear? The power of the Lord was present to heal them. And there came this group of men that had a man on his bed, carrying him on the bed because the man had a paralysis. And they sought means to bring him in, to lay him before him. When they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, a lot of people there, they couldn't bring that man in. This man they went up upon the housetop and led him down through the tiling with his couch into the mist before Jesus. Amen. Do you get it, folks? Amen. These people, they came. I think they loved this man. And they were disparate. They must have taken this man from this physician to the next physician. But that day, they heard that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And when they came, they, they found people that were not disparate. People that came here just to question Jesus and interrogate Jesus. They could not find their way in. And when they realized that they could not find their way in, this is what disparation will do. If they were not disparate, they were going to take the man and say, listen, we can't see him today, let's go back home. But not this man. This man, they said, listen, dark or blue, we've got to see this man. We've got to present our matter before him. Brothers, what are we going to do? Let's jump onto the rooftop. Let's, let's remove the roof. Hallelujah. And when they removed the roof, they lowered the bed right where Jesus was. What made this man to do that? It was desperation. And my question is this evening, how much more are you disparate? Are you going to go back as the first as the, as the, as the side of an obstacle? Are you going to look back and say I can't get to him? But this morning, this evening, I want you to say, if needs be, remove the rooftop and make sure that you come into the presence of the Almighty God. Whatever is standing between you and the Lord Jesus Christ this evening, make sure that it gets removed. Are we together? Let me tell you, accessing the Lord Jesus Christ has never been easy. There are always obstacles whenever you need to access Him. But those that access Him were determined. And the reason they were determined is because they were disparate. And this evening, we need disparate believers. Oh, folks, have you ever come to a church... When you are desperate when there is a burden on your heart when there is something troubling you you've got no time for silly things you've got no time to check who's doing what because what is happening to you there is one thing that must be achieved i've got a cry on my heart lord as you hear others cry do not pass me by are we together has, has desperation ever brought you to a state where you lose consciousness where you you lose A sense of who's around you. And you say, God, I I need that. I'm determined. I need that. I need that intervention. I need you to come my way. I don't care who says what. And some people see tears streaming down your cheeks. And they've got no idea of what you are doing. But it's because in your heart there is a desperation that is taking place. Hannah was such a woman. She, She had been ridiculed. She had been mocked, she had been undermined, she had been insulted. But one day, she made her way to church. Hallelujah. And I had much better tell you, I don't think that day, sisters, you will bear with me. I don't say is, you need to dress badly when you come to church. But I think there are times when desperation doesn't allow you even to look into the mirror. I need to get into the presence of the Lord. She never cared how she was dressed. She never cared whether the top matched the skin. Because at her heart, she wanted to speak to the Almighty God. And when she got into the service, she was in desperation. When everybody left, she did not realize that people were leaving. She came to the altar and poured her heart out and said, God, I need your intervention. Until the pastor said she's drunk. That's what desperation will do. And folks, from time to time, God creates faces of emergency to bring out in us what is the realness out of us. Because unless he does that, it will just be church, I'm here, I'm gone, I'm back, I'm gone. Hallelujah. But there comes a time When the middle of the night, there's a commotion that starts. No one is there. It's you and a demon that must be defeated. And at that moment, when you kneel down and you pray, you are in business. Because you are disparate. You realize the only thing that can change this course of events is prayer. Amen. Amen. Are you still with me? Brother Brenham says, in this same message, desperation, paragraph 67, he says, desperation, signs of his coming should throw every member of Christ into desperation. Folks, there was a time when the rapture, people were expecting the rapture so much. And some would wake up in the morning worried. I dreamed that the rapture had left me. Because why? The rapture was on their minds. But when was the last time you dreamed about the rapture? You know, you dream about what your conscious mind entertains the most. Whatever you think of the most is what will ultimately feature in your dreams. When was the last time you dreamed about the coming of the Lord? When was the last time you you were worried? Am I ready? Hallelujah. If he was to come now, will I go? Let me tell you why. It's because the devil has made this modern life very convenient and attractive. Amen. Until such time, there is no need or a desire to go. But let me tell you something. The reason the this, squeeze this is coming is to create a discomfort. If, if, if I can give an analogy, if you were to take an orange and you squeeze it as much as you can, it will have, you will have the juice dripping on your hand. And the more you squeeze it, all of a sudden, the seat will pop up. Isn't it so? So I think the squeeze is coming so that the church must be squeezed and the sweetness must overflow on the hand of God, but the seat of God will go into the right. But it will take the squeeze for the seat to go up. Are we together? Then it says, signs of his coming should throw every member of Christ into desperation now about our souls, our welfare for hereafter. Well, what are we going to amount to if we gain the whole world? What are we? What are we? What are we living for? What do you work for? What are you eating for? What are you struggling for? To live. What are you living for? To die. And you are not fit to live until you are fit to die. Did you get that? You are not fit to live until you are fit to die. So that means, when he says that, that means every one of us we must be in a state where if death comes, we are not going to scream. But we will be relaxed and knowing it's a going, it's a going away time. Brother Brahman speaks about an old lady who was on a ship. And as they were moving on that ship, sailing on that ship, all of a sudden there was a leakage. The water started coming into the boat, into the ship and the captain said listen i doubt if we don't make it to the shore in 30 minutes we will all sink are we together he says in 30 minutes time either we will be at new york or we will be at the bottom of the sea and while he announced that there was an old lady in on the ship she screamed and said glory to god and the people looked at her and said, how can you say glory to God for such bad news? Well, why are you saying glory to God? She said, listen, you don't understand. One of my daughters is in glory. One of my daughters is in New York. And that means in 30 minutes, either I will see the one in glory or I will see the one in New York. The old lady was prepared to that whatever comes, I'm ready for it. And my question this evening, are we ready? Are we ready? That is the question that we, we must ask. Are we ready? If he comes, are we ready? Are we together? Let's just take certain moments here before I, I close. Emrah and Jacobet go and read the message, the teaching on Moses. Brother Brandon picks up these two characters and says, "These were the parents of Moses." Well, everybody had accepted that slavery was a way of life. While everybody, you know, when when you are when you are in an environment that is strained, you find the mechanism to survive. If you are in a bad work environment, you find a good boss that you can be good to, so that he can. Have favor and treat you in a special way, isn't it so? So, I believe some of the Israelites must have gotten favor with the taskmasters. Are we together? Until they were accustomed to that to the way of slavery it is a way of life. But uh, Jacob and Imram refused. Every night, Imram will come back, Brother Bremsey will come back, take a seat there, exhausted. And he say, you don't know what happened today. They just increased the, load, the, the workload. And he will show uh, 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 Jacob some of the scars, some of the wounds because of the taskmasters. And says, this is what happened during the day. It threw them into a state of desperation. Brother Brenham says they could not go to bed before they prayed. They went there and said, oh God, where are thou, you God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac? You made a promise that one day you will send a deliverer. Where is your deliverer? So they were in a state of desperation. Brother Brenham doesn't pick up a lot of people. He only picks up these two, this couple and say every time they would pray. Until later, the workload increased. Hallelujah. And when the workload increased, Imram came back and told Jacob and said, Things are tougher now. They've just increased the workload. But they started praying, where is the deliverer? Brother Brenham said, the deep calleth to the deep. Are we together? You cannot crave for leech when it is not a leech season. The moment you crave for leech, there must be a leech somewhere to quench that desire. When they had a desire for liberty, there was a liberty somewhere. Hallelujah, when they desired a deliverer, God was willing to give them a deliverer. But what was happening? They were on their knees and said, God, may you intervene. And when you looked at what was happening at that time, the greatest armies of the time, it was Egypt and Ethiopia. When you looked at Egypt, there was no way anyone could have defeated Egypt, especially the slaves. But they knew that when we are in this situation that is beyond our ability, there is a God that answers prayers. And they went before God day and night, crying to God, give us a deliverer. May you give us a deliverer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And while they were praying like that, one day an angel stepped out of eternity and said, we have heard your prayer. You will receive a son and you shall call his name Moses. He will be a deliverer. Hallelujah. Moses was a product of his parents' prayers. Hallelujah. And when he was born, as if that was not enough, as soon as the boy was born, that was a promised son. As soon as he was born, Pharaoh said, let us kill all the children that are from two years of age and downward. And they came the midwives of Egypt, they came and took the Hebrew children and they threw them into the Nile River. The crocodiles were feasting on the children of the Hebrews. And right there, it looked like all hope was gone. But this, this couple believed in the power of prayer. They took Moses and put Moses in a basket. And they knew that the children were thrown into the river Jordan, river, river nine, And there were crocodiles in the river nine. The same parents that took Moses, put him in a basket, and took him to river nine and put him there and Moses was floating on river 9 but when the crocodiles saw Moses because Moses was not an ordinary believer there was a disparate prayer behind the life of Moses when he moved around floating around the crocodiles realized there is a deliverer of Israel and they were saluting a deliverer and the baby moved until the daughter of Pharaoh saw the basket and picked up the basket. That basket, folks, it was not just flowing because of the wind. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit directed the basket from a Hebrew woman to an Egyptian royalty. And she picked up the basket and opened the basket and found a baby. And there was a cloth, a Hebrew cloth. She removed the Hebrew cloth and covered the baby in Egyptian cloth, and said, this is my baby. And made her maidens to swear that they will not tell anyone. And later, because God is the God of paradox, this daughter of a pharaoh could not breastfeed, there were no bottles during that time, could not breastfeed this baby, she said, "Go and find a Hebrew, children, a Hebrew mother, that can take care of this baby." And how many Hebrew children had lost their children, their babies during that time that could breastfeed Moses? Are we together? But God directed them to the right mother to take care, because God knew that the mother is the fifth Bible knew that the mother will tell Moses what was his divine mandate. And a slave woman came into the palace and took care of Moses not, only, not free of charge. She was even paid to take care of a baby. Hallelujah. And while well, well, she was there, she never lost desperation, folks. She never said, oh, That means it is God's way for us to make it into the palace. As long as we are sorted, we are fine. The devil before any genuine promise of God can be fulfilled. The devil always has a substitute. Before Isaac could come, there was Ishmael. Did you hear me? But when was the the Hebrew mother when Moses grew up? Every now and then, she would whisper to the ear of Moses, you are not an Egyptian, you are a Hebrew. Hallelujah. Every day, you are not an he- Egyptian, you are a Hebrew. Until one time, when Moses grew up, and he looked through the window, as we're told that Pharaoh looked through the window and saw the slaves. But when Moses looked through the same window, He saw his own people and knew that I was born under a promise to deliver those people. It's because the prayers of the people made the prophecy, the wills of prophecy, to come to the fulfillment. But it took a disparate couple. Hannah, it was after the book of Judges, where they never had a prophet for a long time. And she said, God, give me a son, and I will dedicate the son back to you. And God, through that woman, gave Israel a prophet. Desperation. There was a king that was told, you only have 15 years to live. Make your prepare." it 15 years? I hope I'm getting years. 15 years. And when the prophet spoke that, the king said, no, 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 no. I don't want to go. And he went into desperation and prayed. And Brother Branham later said, the prayer of that king changed the mind of God. And he was given an extra time Why? Because he was disparate. I don't know this evening what are your needs. I don't know what are your pressure points. I don't know what are your ordeals. But I want to say to you, God responds to a disparate prayer. When you are disparate, disparation will make you wake up in the middle of the night when everybody is fast asleep you are thinking you've got tears streaming down your cheeks and you go and find another room and you kneel down there and you begin to call the name of the Lord. Such, such prayers are always heard by God. But Abraham says never be casual when you approach God. You must be disparate and say God if you don't intervene I'm finished. But when you go no, know, you have come to the with, your wits end, and you call the name of the Lord. God is willing to respond. What about that woman who was a prostitute and went to the house of Simon as a gate crusher, gate crusher. She was not invited. She stood there and looked like everybody else, watching what was happening. And all of a sudden, as a prostitute woman, she realized that that is a familiar face. That is the that is the Lord Jesus. Why is he like that, dirty looking, with manure all over his robe? And the woman moved and went into her house and sent she through and took her life's earnings and took them and went to a shop and said, "I needed the most expensive perfume." And the shopkeeper wanted to convince, him and say, convince her and say, you cannot spend your life's earnings. Maybe you can venture into another business and leave this business. He says, I don't care. I need the most expensive perfume. And they gave her the most expensive perfume. And she came there. And there was a whole crowd. Brother Brom said there was a whole crowd there. And she began to elbow her way through the crowd, pushing the people by the side until she made it where Jesus was. And when she got to there, she knelt down and began to weep. And her tears began to wash the feet of Jesus. And Brother Brom says she was a Nazarite. She had a long hair. With her hair, she began to wipe the feet of Jesus. And rather, right she began to perfume the feet of Jesus. What made her to do that? Why was she not worried? What will the people say? It's because of desperation. What about the woman with the blood issue? That had been from this uh, physician to that physician to that physician for many years. But when she heard that there is a man called Jesus, he she came as well and said, only if I could get there and touch the hem of his garment. What told her that if you touch the hem of his garment, you will be healed? Disparation. Disparate disparate times call for disparate measures. She made her way and touched the hem of his garment. And until Jesus said, somebody touched me. Peter said, everybody has been touching you. says, but that was a special touch. It was a disparate touch. It was a, it, it was a prayerful touch. And she turned around and saw the woman and said, woman, your sins are forgiven. You are healed at this moment. That's what desperation will do. Amen. So in closing, God will always respond to a disparate prayer. Casual prayers from casual believers. Don't do much to God. God is serious about what he does. Let us be disparate. It's later than we think. God bless you richly. There's a song that says, in the It's me, it's me in need of prayer. It's not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me in need of prayer as we stand to our feet.
1: It's me it's me, oh.
0: Hear them, hear me, O Lord. Do not pass me by. For the last time, folks, Yeah. Hey. believe Jesus, Jesus is here this
1: evening. Let's hum only believe. Let's harm it.
0: Let's harm it. Is Let's hum it. the last time we're going to hum it and all of us will pray everyone in their own way. Your needs are known by you. You've got a direct access. The blood of Jesus Christ gave you a direct access. It gave me a direct access. Everyone can speak to the Lord in their own way. Don't worry about who's next to you. They don't know what you are going through. They don't know your needs. They don't know where you want to go to. But he knows. And he is the right person to speak to this evening. And we say all things are possible to them that believe. You just have to believe. You just have to believe. Don't doubt him. He's risen, defeated death, and rose again fitted to the grave, there is an open tomb in Jerusalem, believers have got a place where they can present their hearts to, and this evening, he is more than willing to hear our hearts' desire, our hearts' cry, that is why we say Jesus is here, if you want to kneel down, you can kneel down, in whatever way you want to worship him, it's up to you, but he can respond to a disparate heart, I know that. I know that, and I believe that. And this is for everybody. While the piano is playing softly. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are as people living during treacherous times, as they were prophesied by St. Paul, and saying the end times, treacherous times shall come. And we find ourselves in the midst of this treacherous time, where we can see that humanity has gone wild, where humanity has lost a sense of balance, where humanity is like in the days of Noah, when humanity doesn't know the Almighty God. They have shunned everything that resembles holiness the bibles have been taken out of schools and as a nation our laws are no longer influenced by the almighty god we can see such a demonic influence upon the face of the earth and we realize we are living during trying times. so god we cannot make it unless you're on our side we need you and we need you more than ever before We can't do anything without your help, O God. Grace is what sustains us from day to day. And this evening as believers, we've raised our hands. We're raising our voices unto the Almighty God. Our prophet said, this is a disparate time where every member of the body of Christ must be in a state of desperation asking themselves, where do I stand? with the almighty God, where do I stand with the revealed word of the hour, where do I stand with the promises of God, and if we are found to be short of the glory of God, we are here pleading our cases, we say forgive us dear God, and sometimes we are guilty of the sin of unbelief, some of us are guilty of negligency, There are certain things that we took them casually and not realizing that we are living during a critical hour. But here we are as your people, and we know you'll respond to the cry of your children of God. You are the God, and there is no God like you. And this evening, I'm presenting myself as an individual. I need you. I need your leadership. I need your protection. I need your guidance. I need your grace, O oh God. I need your presence in my life. May you be a God that will be closer to me. Because the Bible says you are more than willing to come closer to us if we are willing to come closer to you. We are here saying, O oh God, may you be gracious to God. We realize that in the time where we are living, there is no way out except through the message of the hour. This is the standard in the end time. Heavenly Father, help your children to meet the standard. And the standard during the time of Moses, during the first exodus, Moses' way was the standard for the time. And in the end time, the standard for the time is the message of the hour that you have brought through the prophet messenger. We say, be gracious, O God. Be gracious if we are falling short. May you help us, O oh God. May your grace extend to us. We realize there's coming a time when mercy will be over as it was in the days of Noah when the, ark, the door of the ark was shut and no man could open it. It is coming again where the door of message shall be closed. But before it closes, oh God, We've got loved ones that are out there. By the grace of God, may you bring them into the ark of the time, which is the message of the hour. If they are out there, may you bring a conviction, dear God. May you visit them, go, oh God. May you make their sleep to be uncomfortable because we need our loved ones. We need our household. We need our friends. We need our relatives. We need all the people that are close to us so that heaven can be such a wonderful experience. There are mothers that are here. There are fathers that are here. There are young men that are here. There are young women that are here. They need your God. They've got various needs. And I'm interceding on their behalf. I say respond to their situation. Some of the situations may not be known to me as a pastor. But you are the great shepherd. You know every situation. You knew all those situations before they arose, O God. Be gracious, oh God. May you be gracious and protect us. Protect our household against this demonic influence. May you make our home to be a sanctuary where you can come, oh God, and speak and minister to us. So the church is not only in a church building. But it can be in our household. It can be in our places of work. We need you, oh God. We need you, Father. We can't use anything without you. And we're not ashamed to say, we need you. We are unable people without you, O oh God. We need you to come and intervene in various situations. May I have got the message for the devil. Our Lord loves us. Our Lord died for us. Our Lord rose for us. Our Lord sent us the message. Our Lord sent us the prophet. And we are more than willing to serve the almighty God. And we know the devil hates it. He brings distractions in our lives. But this evening, under the authority of the word of God and under the anointing this evening, we want to break every yoke of the David. We want to send men and women free so that they can be believers indeed. We want to commit everybody to you. And those that are sick in the building, may you honor our request and make everybody to be healed in Jesus Christ's name. If there are heavy burdens. Because of the pressures of life, may you lighten up their pressures so that they are free indeed. And every man and woman that is here, may there not be, even be a single one that will escape your touch. Touch them in a special way. Mold them, dear God. Direct them, lead them, protect them. That is our desire as we commit everybody to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Only believe all things are possible. services on Sunday, Um, Amen. God bless you richly, Uh, Pastor Maliko will be here for those two services, and after is the communion service, amen. You can just play instrumental, maybe Amazing Grace, or just a nice worshipping song, and you are dismissed. If you want to remain and be in prayer, you are most welcome. God bless you richly.